Well, hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso. I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Thanks for jumping on board with us today. Uh, you might be wondering what you just stumbled on. Well, here's the deal. From news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems that everyone has an idea of how we should think, how we should live, how we should make decisions. And when even the experts sound convincing and yet they disagree, how do we cut through the noise. Well, when information overload seems to leave us frustrated, how do we sift through it all? And how do we choose what governs our lives? Well, our leadership here at Grace Church has been processing and praying about these things, and we want to offer a resource that'll navigate uh, some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. So here we are. Jeff, how are we doing today? Good. Excellent. So uh, we're having a, a fun little week here, right? Like <laughs> as a country, um, I'm sure many of you were following along with the news, at least on some level, um, leading up to yesterday, through the day yesterday, and then even today, uh, and 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 so on as we process who won this election, right? Yeah. So so as we're sitting, right, like because um, this will drop tomorrow, so we're um, as we're sitting, we don't have an elected president right now. Uh, well, we do. Well, we, we don't have the next one. Well, yeah, right? I mean, like the pre- yeah, the yeah, president yeah, yeah. elect. Yeah, president elect. Yeah, and you know, to I think privately somewhere along the line, I call. I I told a friend asked me. He goes, "What do you think is going to happen in the election tomorrow?" This was yesterday. I said, "I think it'll be at least a month before we have an answer." Yeah, and so I could be wrong, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. This is going to be lawsuits, and it's going to be recounts, and it's going to be. <laughs> It's just too, it's so close, you yeah. know? And so I, I don't know. I went to bed last night. Did you stay up? I, uh, I wasn't no. waiting to hear about it last night. No, I stayed up till a normal time and I glanced, you know, from time to time at Google or, you know, as I was flipping between things, but I wasn't like eyes peeled, you know, like yeah. on the edge of my seat because even in a normal year where it's easy to count, sometimes you're still walking well into the evening and I wasn't going to stay up till 1 a.m. to figure all that no, out. So. And, and I I remember, um, I'm old enough to remember the 2000 situation between Bush and Gore. That was and, the, and the Florida hanging chads yeah, and stuff. And it yeah, it took like a month mm-hmm. to, to get the, the results from it. And I'm... I think we're being in a situation like that. You know, Bush won that one. They they did uh, all kinds of recounts, and I think he won it legitimately after recount after recount after recount. Uh, they even did recounts years after the decision. But I think he won it by, like, I forget what it was, like two, 300 votes, like yeah, which is tiny. razor thin. So yep. I think this is that's the way this one's going to be, too. So it's going to be a while. Yep, yep. And uh, and you're probably sitting there as a listener, um, <laughs> kind of almost frustrated no matter what. Like, you know, we've been saying in, in the political episodes, at least, um, that, you know, half the country was going to wake up today frustrated. Yep. Um, and even though we don't have um, the next elected president, I think... Well, maybe most of the country's frustrated today. I don't know. And not, maybe not at the system. Maybe so. Maybe at how come one of them didn't win by a landslide. I read the kind of things on both sides of the aisle this morning about how people were frustrated to be associated with people on the other side of the aisle. And that gets real ugly real fast, you know? Yeah, there's there. what this is going to do. You know, we have so much dissension and opposition to each other in our country already mm-hmm. over politics, over covid over everything <clears throat> we're a very divided group of people right now this is going to aggravate all that right mm-hmm. so i think at the end of it some one side is going to feel ripped off yep 
and they're going to throw the accusations aggressively at the other side and say that, that, that somehow this election was stolen from them. And that's a tension we're going to have to live it with. I was reading the news this morning that they're like groups are already protesting in Seattle and in Portland. And I, I kind of thought like, guys, you're jumping the gun here. Like, like <laughs> I'm like, why are you jump? Why are you protesting already? We don't even know what's happened yet. But you're going to see that, uh -huh. um, whether it's in the streets or whether it's in people's opinions. Yep. Um, it's the divide is going to be greater than ever. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to continue to get harder and harder to navigate that. Now, we're going to let's kind of zero into today's topic. So um, I think a lot of us might resonate with a version of uh, this quote here. So I'm disappointed. Um, people disagree. Politics is polarizing. But how, like, how is it possible for my fellow believers, my fellow followers of Christ, whether they're people in my family, people in my church, in my faith, how could they possibly vote for blank? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. how could they possibly do that? Um, and then if, if, if that group of people wins, they seem so cocky. And if, if they lose, they seem so like the world is going to end like, how do we navigate that? And so I, I think to, to say all that, Jeff, if, if the election in this process is messing you up, especially as it regards kind of looking across, um, uh, in a traditional setting, like looking across the pew mm -hmm. and realizing they're sitting across the aisle, how do we navigate that? Like, how, how do we deal, quote unquote, with each other when we're supposed to agree, but we don't? You know, I, if you can, uh, generalize or stereotype a group of people, then you can dehumanize them. Mm. And if you can dehumanize them, then you can release yourself of your responsibility to walk in love and in grace with them. And so when it's those people over there and people like that and those groups and how could that group... Like, what that is is dehumanizing. Now I'm not an individual with thoughts or convictions but now I belong to a group. I can be stereotyped and I can be depersonalized. I can be dehumanized. So I, I think I think what you have to do in situations like this is you have to pull this out of like a out of the stratosphere and get it on the ground, right? And quit thinking about massive national problems and start thinking about personal relational solutions. I had a guy the other day. Uh, say to me, um, we're talking about issues with churches, and he and he looked at me. He's real passionate. He kind of pounded the table, and he goes, he goes, but what are you going to do about the church in North America? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, I don't care about the church in North America. And he was shocked. I said, What am I supposed to do about the church in North America? I I I don't even know what you're talking about. What am I supposed to do about it? I said, I care about Grace Church. I care. That's what I'm responsible for. That's what I have influence over. And I care how we function and think and, and how we follow Christ. You, I told him, I said, you are dis by making this like the church of North America. You're pulling it out of relationships and you're making it a problem that's actually completely unsolvable. Mm -hmm. how, how in the world do I get control mm -hmm. over all the churches in North America? So we do the same thing politically. We're like the problem with the Democrats, the problem with the Republicans, the problem with it, and it's like, what am I supposed? What am I supposed to do about the Republicans? I, I can't do anything about the Republicans. Uh -huh. 
I can't do a thing about it. I, what am I supposed to do about the Democrats? They don't listen to me. No, I didn't even get pulled, let alone <laughs> pulled into a room and said, Jeff, can you walk us through how they're sitting? I have no control over that stuff. Neither do you. Neither does the, do 99% of the people. In fact, I, I think those parties, you can even like blame a Biden or a Trump. I don't think they have control over it. Nope. The, those things have an inertia of their own. So when I throw people into those categories, I, I'm... I'm griping about something I have no control over. I did yesterday, Tuesday, I did what I could do. I voted. Uh-huh. I can't, in reality, I can't really do anything more. So for me to walk in now into the church especially, but into any relationship with with a, a, a an angst and an anger and a frustration when I'm looking at another individual who also can do nothing about their political party's preferences, right? I'm dehumanizing them yep. because Republicans aren't, aren't, that's not a person. No. You know, so, so we have to get it back onto the ground and control what we can control. You know, what's fascinating was, um, you know, I went to vote. There was no tension at my polling place. Nope. Everybody was kind. People were patient. They were helpful. I'm like, that's interesting. You know, I have Republicans and Democrats in my neighborhood. Nobody's rioting against the other people. Hmm. Like, we're all friends. And, and we're, in fact, we're probably more apt to tease each other about it than we are to be angry about each other. And in my neighborhood, if you're angry about it, you're almost like, what's that guy's problem? Mm-hmm. Right, we're neighbors. So it's very fascinating when you get this stuff down on a personal level, most of that angst goes away. And if you can do that, then you get it into a conversation, you know. And you mentioned the church. Like, first of all, that nonsense is not coming into this church. Right. I I will meet you at the door and stop it. We're not going to be divided over something as earthly as politics. But then relationally, looking and saying, well, why do why are those your convictions? Mm-hmm. Because it's funny those con- people's convictions are often very thought through, mm-hmm. you know. And and um, and so finding that out, bringing information and enlightenment to areas that maybe they don't have, and then allowing them to do that with you, you know, what's the greater sin? It, you know, it, it's all those kind of things. Like you, you get into. There's even like John Piper. Uh, wrote an op-ed where he wasn't going to vote for Biden or Trump. Mm-hmm. And people jumped on him. They're like, what about abortion? And he's like, well, what's the greater sin? Is the greater sin life? Is the greater sin pride? Is the greater sin licentiousness? Is the greater sin? Now, I don't know that I agree with him, but he had really thought that through. Yep. And, and he had wrestled with that. John Piper is a major author and a big-time pastor and for him to go public, he wasn't doing that on a whim. Nope. And so, like, picking his brain about his thought process, and that that's what you want to do. But mm-hmm. get get the labels off of it. Nobody's actually that way, except the radicals. And the radicals <coughs> on both sides, you can't talk to them anyways. Mm-hmm. You're throwing your pearls before swine trying to have a conversation with them. Yeah, I think, I think and hope we can... <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure we can all agree that if we lean one way politically that we would agree that our political side's not perfect. I, I think I think most of us can agree with that at least. And yet it seems like part of what gets us emotionally ramped up in those scenarios is almost like we're putting our faith and our hope and our trust into the fact that it could be. And so like, man, if, if my political side would get into power and, you know, we had the presidency and we had the house and we had the Senate and we had the governors and we had the, like, you'd finally see the government run smoothly in the way it was supposed to run appropriately and stuff. And like, is that, I hope this is an obvious question to our listeners, but I think it's really good to hear it. Jeff, is that a good thing to do is to have that much hope in our political system? No, it's... All you have to do is look back over our history. Our po- people say the political system's broke. I'm like, well, no, it's not. It it that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's what it is. A dog barks. <laughs> political system is our political system. What's broken is our expectations of what uh, non Christ centered human beings are going to bring to us. Mm-hmm. And so we'll even say, depends on what side of the aisle you're on, we'll say, um, you know, we're not electing a pastor, we're not electing, but then we'll turn around and throw the other side's character back at their face, mm-hmm. right? But when you look at when you look at the two sides, especially if you can uh, turn those into caricatures like Biden or Trump this time around, they both basically have the same moral flaws. Mm-hmm. Right there is publicly known, like Trump's relationship with women, as an example, and Biden has the same kind of relationship with them. He's got seven accusations of sexual predatory stuff against him. So I'm like, so there's no difference there. They're both lie about stuff. There's no difference there. They're both uh, egocentric. There's no difference there. So what? So we're not electing that, right? And and. And uh, we'll say that we are until that applies to our guy or disqualifies our guy. Uh-huh. And then we'll build some kind of ridiculous defense around our guy, uh-huh. right? So really in the political system, what we're doing, what we're saying is we're not trying to bring heaven to earth, right? Or we would be a theocracy. I would be president, <laughs> right? So you'd be a theocracy. A couple people just clapped, I think, listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be president. I got better things to do with my life. That's right. Um, but but the, um, so really when we're talking politics, we're talking about, I want my earthly existence to be the way that I want it to be. Uh-huh. That's what we're talking about. And that's all we're talking about, right? Like I, I want the tax structure to be this way. I want my rights to be this way. I want... Now you get into some moral issues, and it's a it's a different conversation. We get into issues of life and marriage and things like that. But basically, what we're saying is, I want my earthly existence to be the way that I want it to be. So when I'm fighting you over private health care versus public health care, or gun rights versus no gun rights, I'm not fighting over eternal things. So these are preferences, and so. As a Christ follower, is there anything in the scripture that Jesus would direct us to to pursue our preferences as a main priority of our life? Yeah, I'm shaking my head for those of you listening. No, there's not. It's <laughs> yeah. not never about our preferences. So I I can't see it. Is there anything in, in the scripture that would say that 
we should pursue as a Christ follower that we should pursue nationalism as a a major focus of our life. No. In fact, the scripture over and over again talks about the nations. God is over all of it. Yeah. So so what about military might? What about wealth? What about see what I'm saying? The, and those are the basic pursuits of that 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 political outcomes lead to and yet those would not be priorities in the kingdom of God in any way shape or form so as a Christ follower when i give my heart to that and i am not let me say that again i am not saying that Christ followers should not be in politics right i i think it's great but it's a secular pursuit it's like being in business and or being in whatever athletics or whatever right it's the pursuit itself is an earthly thing. So you do your best, but you're there to represent Christ. You're not there to simply succeed at the pursuit. None of us would say that. None of us would look and say, a godly businessman is a businessman or businesswoman that wins at all costs and will cut your throat. Yep. And God is the most honored when you come out with the biggest contract and the most money in your pocket. We wouldn't say that. But we would somehow apply that to politics right a godly athlete is the one that plays dirty and blew your acl out but he scored we won the championship we wouldn't feel good about that at all Uh -uh. so it's not that we're not supposed to be in these things it's that we're to be salt and light in these things all of these things which means i'm giving my heart to the purposes of christ to the salt and light i'm not giving my heart to the political outcomes and purposes. Yeah. Right. So that to me, that's what shifts around a little bit. And I have opinions too, right? I have preferences. I would like the world to go the way that I want it to go. Yep. But does it, and we've talked about this a lot in this podcast, even in the weekend services, if the world doesn't go the way that I want it to go, that does not mean it's not going the way that God wants it to go. And so I need to find out, figure out what God's doing, join him in that and be salt and light. And I'm going to do that whether, you know, I've been given a lot and been given plenty and everything's going my way. I'm going to do that whether I'm being persecuted mm-hmm. or imprisoned or right? yeah. it's just what it is. Right. I think that that's so good because we, we have to continue to remind ourselves to set the stage of where politics sits, where these leaders actually sit in real life. They're in They're in political power, but they're not in a define your life type of chair. And so now when we start to look at that foundation, Jeff, I think, which is great, like, and then we start to look at the people in our life. So maybe it is our neighbor, maybe it's our spouse, maybe it's our children or our parents. Um, Maybe you're starting to think this way about you and I, as we kind of share what we feel like God is putting on our hearts and minds about this. And they seem to keep coming up short, like, what types of people are we dealing with? I think what I'm really asking is like, how is it possible for our neighbor to disappoint us so much? Because that's that's going to continually happen too. Um, you know, like how how do we view uh, the person across the table from us with compassion as opposed to someone that's an idiot? Yeah, I I, I think you got it. You've got to lean into why they believe what they believe. You know. So, so there are, there are. I would kind of call them radicals. They're they're blindly loyal to whatever cause they're drawn to, and they didn't think it through. And so you you hear from them. They're all over social media, uh-huh. 
and they'll vomit their opinions and you're not allowed to push back against them. Like that's offensive somehow. They'll be offended by it. And what I would say is I just wouldn't have that conversation. Like that Jesus, that Jesus' phrase, don't cast your pearls before swine. Like that, that's just a waste of time to, to do that. With our neighbors and our family, etc., what I would look and say is when something earthly begins to divide us from something heavenly, drop the earthly point. Hmm. Right? So my calling is to be a minister of reconciliation. If we're fighting over a tax bill, let just drop the conversation. Or mm-hmm. or what Paul would say with when exercising your freedoms, like keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of things I think politically I never mention, and and it's funny people sometimes will look and say, "Well, you're being political." I'm like, "No, I'm being private. Like, it, there's no value mm-hmm. to me." So I don't. There's lots of parts of my life I don't share from a platform. Sure. And there's lots of parts of my life I won't argue with you over. You know, I I was just reading this thing the other day of a guy uh, from Michigan that just got sentenced to jail for making death threats against Urban Meyer, the Ohio State coach. No way. Right? So, and I don't think any of us are surprised that a Michigan guy would do that. <laughs> so, but, like, that to me, like, you just said, no way. Like, how, because you, you'd be like, man, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. You're you're making death threats over a football game, mm-hmm. Right? Well, I'm like, that's most politics, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's just stupid, and and I'm talking politics. I'm not talking moral issues that have been politicized, right? Life, marriage, those are moral issues. Those are not political issues. They've just been politicized. So our decisions as Christ followers about those issues are spiritual decisions, moral decisions. But like most politics, education, healthcare, those like those are all like, do you want to get there this way or do you want to get there that way? Uh-huh. Kind of a thing. But we would let that blow us out. And those and when when those devolve into arguments and shouting matches, nobody's listening to anybody anyways. Right. Yeah, it's that's so good because you're right. It's not about how much we can say. It's about like, are we actually making relational headway? Right. Uh, just because we can spew out an opinion doesn't mean we're making any difference out there. And we've talked about, do you want to make a point or do you want to make a difference? Um, and I, I think that's just really important for us to remember. What's our audience? And audience is probably even the wrong word. Like, who are we trying to relate to? Um, because it doesn't matter just because someone listens to you. Because um, if you're, if, if you're democratic leaning and you watch a, a Republican TV personality, you can listen to them all day long and it's just making you mad. Right. So just because you have the audience doesn't even necessarily mean it's doing anything. That's right. And so the, the relationship is what is key. And you'll find that there are people that live out their lives fighting for causes that their political leanings tend not to stand up for and vice versa. And it's like, right, because life is much deeper and more complex than any one political issue. And as a Christ follower, I am an ambassador of reconciliation. That's what Paul says. So an ambassador's main message is that of the heart of the sovereign who sent him. Yep. 
My job in life is to proclaim the heart and the mind of Christ, not the heart and the mind of Jeff. Yep. Right? Now, Jeff has a heart and Jeff has a mind, but my calling in life is not for you to know that. My calling in life is for you to know Christ. That's Wow, that's really, really good. I think that's probably the mindset that we need to take into this, right? And that has to do with the faith that we would put into a political party, um, the frustration that we would put into the, our neighbors and family and friends that tend to disagree with us, that we're here to represent that mind in the heartbeat of Jesus, right? And bring that to bear at the crux of all of those conversations and be salt and light in all of those. This is complicated, right? This is a lot of stuff. It's been uh, kind of the age-old thing, right? Politics has been something around in every society for all of time. Um, but how we represent God in all of it is really the call of the follower of Jesus. Well, thanks, Jeff, for helping uh, navigate this conversation. In some ways, this continues to just be kind of a little pat along the flywheel as we continue to process how life hits us. Um, we want to make sure that you have an opportunity to submit questions. Questions. Maybe it's about these political things. Uh, we have a few coming up here in a couple of weeks as the questions keep rolling in. Uh, we'll be hitting those here shortly. Uh, if you need to connect with somebody and have a, like we're talking about, have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, reach out to us through social media. If you can access through our website, you can find our connection card and reach out to our team. We'd love to hear from you. And you can always submit those questions at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. Make sure to subscribe or follow, uh, send us direct messages, join us on the weekend if you happen to be here in the area or join us online. Uh, and we'd love to see you, meet you, and have you be a part of the Grace Church community. Thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us.